Let's get down to business. Welcome to Profits and Purpose, a Colorado Business Roundtable production that unapologetically tells the story that business is good through conversations with Colorado's business leaders. Please welcome your host, the president of the Colorado Business Roundtable, Debbie Brown. I'm really excited to host a conversation with our partners at Lockheed Martin. As part of the Business Roundtable, uh, they focus on incredibly important things, not only in Colorado, but across the country and actually across the world. And today we're going to learn a little bit more about the Firehawk, which is going to be assisting Colorado's wildfires in the near future. So really excited to welcome. First, I want to talk with Jeanette Eaton, who is the Vice President of Commercial Worldwide Strategy and Business Development. Uh, Welcome, Jeanette. Hi, Debbie. I'm very, very, very pleased to be here today. Um, You had asked me previously a little bit about my background, and um, I think I mentioned to you I've been in aviation for over 32 years now, spanning from engineering, manufacturing, finance, marketing, program management, but eventually got into sales. Um, I started at Sikorsky as an electrical engineer. And it was during my early years at Sikorsky that I was part of this Firehawk program, part of the original design, working with LA County to design and develop the Firehawk. And I just absolutely loved working with our customers and helping them find a creative solution or solutions to their problems. And that's when I decided I wanted to get into sales. And I had a mentor at the time who said, Jeanette, you know, you have the technical skills, you have all these degrees but you need to be able to walk the walk as well as talk the talk. And you really need to get your pilot's license. So I couldn't afford uh, my helicopter ratings at that time, but I started flying airplanes first. And to learn the basics of flight, um, you know, learn about lift, airspace, weather, physiology, it even has its own language. And that way I was able to do it at a cheaper weight, cheaper rate, excuse me. During that time, uh, Bell Helicopter had talked to me about coming to Bell and I was able to work almost a trade with them um, in my signing bonus, but work it out with Bell Helicopter as during my transition that uh, I could get my helicopter rating. So for almost 10 years, I actually got to fly and sell for Bell And eventually came back to Sikorsky. And when I came back, we were not in the firefighting market and the Firehawk program and really um, helped drive, I feel, helped drive Sikorsky into re-entering that market. It's a mission that's very, very near and dear to my heart. Um, As a helicopter pilot, I'm absolutely humbled at what our our customers are able to do with this aircraft. The conditions they fly in, I mean, I've, I've got some great stories. It's just, it's a very high risk mission. It's a selfless mission and they do it without pause. And I just, I I could not recognize them more for what they do every day. Well, I love hearing about your journey, Jeanette, um, specifically your personal journey. It's, it's interesting when I meet women who are in STEM fields, who are in business fields and to hear how they've developed into leadership roles like you have. Um, Before we jump more into kind of the professional um, aspects of what you do, tell me a little bit more about your personal journey. What what inspired you to to become a pilot to get into that kind of a work as, as now, now that you've jumped into leadership as well? It's, it's, it can be a very long story. I mean, I remember being in high school and I didn't even, I didn't want to go to college. I wanted to be a secretary and my mom actually really encouraged me. She said, Jeanette, men and money can come and go, but no one can take away your education. And she really pushed me to get out in the working world. And I happened to land a job with a bunch of engineers 
And um, so I decided my brother's an engineer, my dad's in aviation. He was in the Army's very first helicopter unit. And he didn't want me in aviation. He wanted me into engineering. But that is, it was, I, I specifically remember I graduated as a double E electrical engineer. And it was during my interview at Sikorsky, I walked in the back of a, a CH-53, which is a Marine Corps helicopter. And today, that helicopter is 88,000 pounds. It's just enormous. And I remember being in the back of the aircraft and I'm in this huge cabin looking over at everything. And I thought, oh my God, I can't believe this flies. I can't believe the power of this. This is just such a great platform and amazing technology. I have to work at Sikorsky and I have to work with helicopters. So for there, it was, you know, a transition, but really helped me and my credibility was getting my helicopter ratings um, because, you know, there's nothing more powerful when I'm doing a demo and I step out of the cockpit. So when I'm speaking to, you know, the police department or whomever it is, they realize, hey, she knows what she's talking about. And for me, I guess maybe being a female in this field, I felt I had to be more technically savvy than the next guy. It wasn't about just having the book smarts on the aircraft. It was actually being able to, as my mentor said, you need to walk that walk. And that really helped launch my career and become successful in sales, which then grew into leadership. And how impressive that your mom uh, gave you that advice. You know, do you want to be a secretary or an engineer? You know, that's so, couldn't be more different. Um, exactly. and, I, and I think my mom was, uh, you know, back then telling me to quit beating boys at pool. You know, that was <laughs> it. <laughs> and anybody who knows me knows I like to beat boys at pool. So good for you. That's great. Yeah, it um, really has been an amazing journey. You know, when I think back to some of the things I did, especially Adele, you know, I, I remember flying a helicopter from Canada to Missoula, Montana. And I remember, you know, flying across the terrain and seeing, you know, herds of elk, black-pronged antelope. And I remember flying over a mountaintop and there's real cowboys herding cattle. And I, I kept thinking, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm getting paid for this. And really getting, you know, the journey, I never saw myself in sales. I was always quiet and shy when I was young, but I never said no to any opportunity somebody pointed me to. And I think that was a, you know, a lesson learned that I carry through in my entire career is take advantage of opportunities when they're given, even when I'm afraid to do so. And the other thing I learned quickly is make sure you find your passion. My passion was flying. And once I found my passion, I was just so devoted behind it that my career really took off. And people, I, I had mentioned, you know, people, they, when they see you're passionate, they know you're authentic. And when they're, you're authentic, people will trust you and follow your leadership. So I think all of that kind of combined has really helped propel my career. Appreciate you being here. And I want to give us a, a chance to introduce now Joe Rice, who's also with us today. Uh, Joe is the Director of uh, Government Relations with Lockheed Martin, Martin Space. And welcome, Joe. Hi, Debbie. Thank you so much for having us and for everything that Cobert does for the Colorado business community and for our entire state, including all the residents uh, and the communities in all four corners of the state. I'm very excited to be here with Jeanette to talk about the Lockheed Martin Sikorsky Firehawk helicopter. And let me just set the stage very briefly. So I work for Lockheed Martin. I work for the space division of Lockheed Martin. Another division of Lockheed Martin is Sikorsky. So that's why you hear Jeanette talking about uh, Sikorsky. 
And then the Firehawk helicopter, which is a Army Black Hawk helicopter that has been adapted to fight fires. And that's why it's called the Firehawk. And it gets its name from the Army Black Hawk. Great, Joe. And I and that's it's going to be a great conversation. I'm excited to hear more about the Firehawk. But tell me, jump back a little bit more. Tell me about how you ended up in your current role at Lockheed. Um, similar to Jeanette, you have a fascinating professional and personal journey. And, and I'd love to hear more about that. Well, thanks, Debbie. My journey to Lockheed Martin is a, as a result of living in Colorado for a little bit back when I was in middle school. And I liked it so much that when it came time uh, to decide where to go to college, I wanted to come back to Colorado. So I came back and attended Metropolitan State University of Denver. And I've pretty much been here full time ever since, except for uh, time away in the Army. Prior to joining Lockheed Martin about 10 years ago, I worked in operations for companies like MCI, J.D. Edwards and Wells Fargo. And then during that time, I also served in the Colorado National Guard and the Army Reserve. And that's why I got pulled away sometimes for, for deployments that could last anywhere from a few months to a, a, for up to a year. And so my deployments included a peacekeeping deployment in Bosnia uh, after the Civil War there in the late 1990s. And then several tours in Iraq uh, between 2003 and 2011. And in between much of that time, I always did multiple things uh, at kind of the same time. Uh, in between much of that time, I served in uh, local elected office in the city of Glendale. And then I later represented Littleton and Greenwood Village in the Colorado State House for four years. Well, and you kind of, when I was about your bio, Joe, I was thinking about that commercial, the most interesting man in the world. You know, you've done so many things and uh, really just, you know, thinking about your service in the military and what you've done in the private sector, you know, you've you've wrapped it all into sort of this incredible um, way to build um, Lockheed Martin now in Colorado and beyond, but really appreciate your service and what you've done, particularly in the military. Thank you. I, I don't know how interesting I am. I think I'm a little interesting, but I definitely like beer. So that's that's a good thing. <laughs> good, good. Um, well, let's jump back into um, the Firehawk. And I want to jump back to Jeanette. You touched on it a little bit, Jeanette, in kind of your intro, but tell us a little bit more about how it de- how it was developed. Uh, why is it needed? What makes it different than other helicopters around the country? You know, give us give give us kind of the the ABCs on the Firehawk. You know, it actually resulted uh, with the Los Angeles County Fire Department and the Army National Guard and Sikorsky. There's a collaboration between the through the three of us. And back then, um, it was during the Topanga Canyon fires of 1993. Believe it or not, way back then, LA County was flying the Huey aircraft, the Bell Huey. That uh, got its reputation in Vietnam. Great aircraft. It's a, I've flown it. It's a wonderful aircraft. It's a solid truck. But the county realized that they, the Huey just could not keep pace with the growing number of fires, the intensity of fires, that they had to be able to expand faster. And they had to bring their flight ops next generation further. Um, they actually were the first ones to ever design a belly tank on their Bell Legacy aircraft. They were innovators and they had the vision to understand environmental changes are happening. There's a growing need for more powerful aircraft. So they helped design the tool and they helped drive the design of the tool. It's been a 20 year journey of collaboration and partnership, a series of improvements on the Firehawk, but it was their vision and not only their vision, you know, state of California followed suit, San Diego fire followed suit, and others realized the same thing as LA County, they needed military technology, not an FAA commercially certified aircraft. And it took them two years. They, they looked across the entire spectrum of aircraft 
and they realized the Black Hawk was built for battle and firefighting truly is a battlefield. It has to withstand the same conditions, intense conditions. It has to be able to perform across a diverse mission set. It has to be able to add value to the county and taxpayers and that being it can't be a one trick pony. It has to be able to perform a variety of missions and be multi-mission. So that was a big requirement for us. And not only do we need to reconfigure this in flight to change missions quickly, we have to have the performance capability to do so. And the Blackhawk was the only platform at that time that had that, that, that multi-set of capabilities. And also they said, we have to fly across a diverse mission set and terrain with intense environmental conditions, including freezing to high temperatures, to a sea level, to high altitudes, high up in the mountains. And that's what the Hawk was proven to be robust in these very austere, intense conditions, even across this incredible diverse set of missions. So the other thing they said is that, hey, you know, initial attack is so critical to our operations. There's a stat that I repeat is that 50% of all fires can be eliminated if they're attacked in the first 20 to 30 minutes. So speed was incredibly important to them. They needed a fast aircraft. And they said, oh, by the way, Sikorsky, we want you to put this belly tank on the aircraft, which we can't have you put it in the cabin because we need that multi-mission. So we need you to design a low-profile tank so it doesn't slow us up. We need you, we don't want the Bambi bucket technology. We don't want anything dangling under the aircraft because that's a safety issue and it slows up the aircraft. So we also need you to design a, what we call a retractable snorkel so we can snorkel up the water. Um, and it actually, the tank is designed in 45 seconds, it'll snorkel up a thousand gallons. So very, very powerful snorkel operations to gather the water. And then a other key, key part of that mission was they said, you know, in firefighting, a number of times the water evaporates before it ever gets to the fires because it's so intense. So we need you to design a tank with incredibly good, what they call head pressure or water pressure. So the tank is actually designed with these long doors and there's incredible water pressure up against the door. So when they open, the water comes out with incredible force. And they said, also, we need you to make a computer-controlled door so we can vary the coverage level. It sounds like they keep adding on things, like, we need this, we need this. We do. And, and that's why I said it's been a series of improvements, uh, even as far as in the last two years, the zebra mussel, for example, came up, and we can't have a cross-contamination of water sources. We need an environmentally safe tank. So we designed this clean-out manifold, but... I think all of that, it, it was great because a customer, not Sikorsky, trying to figure out what we know best for the customer. We let them design the design, design the aircraft for their mission. And that's why I think it's so effective for their mission. Um, you know, the bottom line is all of this military technology allows us to fly in conditions such as high winds. It can, allows us to continue firefighting into the night where that's your best. The humi relative humidity levels go up, winds then die down. That's your best opportunity to fight fires and simply fly in areas that other aircraft can't. The increased performance means increased payload. It means the ability basically for the aircraft to carry water and fuel, increased margins, which means I can carry 
more fuel, more water, fly longer, faster, smarter, and most importantly, safer. Well, and it's interesting, Jeanette, in preparing for this interview, I was researching a little bit about the Blackhawk online, or I'm sorry, the Firehawk. What I learned was, I, I thought the, the one of the lines I read was was basically it said, born a Blackhawk helicopter, and then it talks about the Sikorsky Firehawk and its multi-mission capabilities. But I thought that was an interesting first line. And you even alluded to that, that it was born as a, you know, a military vehicle and then has been, you know, that actually makes it such a special machine for all the other firefighting capabilities and and multi-mission capabilities as well. Absolutely does. And it goes back to that having to perform across a diverse mission set and diverse terrain and diverse conditions. And a great example of military technology, for example, you know, they're going to be flying in high winds conditions. And the state of Colorado is going to see these high wind conditions up in the mountains. And the Blackhawk has what's called tail rotor authority, or basically a helicopter wants to weather vane into the wind and the tail rotor is what stops you from spinning. So the Blackhawk has the ability to fly in high wind conditions. So for LA County during the Woolsey fires, um, these were two years ago, First 48 hours of the fires, no other helicopter could fly except for the Firehawk. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to stop the fire from advancing in a Santa Monica, and the ground crews couldn't get there because they weren't laid out yet. So the Firehawks were up there alone, and they were what were effective in stopping that fire from advancing into the city. Uh, so impressive. And um, let's talk a little bit more about the multi-mission capabilities. And this is still for you, Jeanette. But what else can the Firehawk do? How can it help our state besides firefighting capability? You know, one of the first thing that comes to mind is search and rescue. Even in firefighting, a great example of L.A. County, they will go and they'll drop off the ground troops to fight fires. Then they'll come back and they will go and get water. If a fireman or a fire, firefighter on the ground is injured, they can raise up the seats, they have a hoist on it, and they can go um, rescue that injured firefighter. They put them then into the aircraft. They have a medical uh, litter in there and or a stretcher in there to get them in there. They have oxygen. They have suction. Now it becomes almost an EMS air ambulance, and it's taking them to the hospital. So in that situation, in flight, you've done four different missions. So for L.A. County, they wanted to do EMS. They wanted to do um, search and rescue, both the ability for having night vision capabilities, so search and rescue during the day and during the night. They do swift water rescue. You have the ability to drop the tank if you need to to access the cargo hook for um, cargo transport, or they do horse rescue. I know livestock is pretty big in, in the state of Colorado, but that's just one of the you know, many examples of what they do. And again, it came back to keep that cabin clear so I can have a multi-mission aircraft and the performance capability to meet all those different missions. Yeah, incredibly impressive. And I want to bring Joe back into the conversation, particularly about Colorado. I know, Joe, you and I were on, an, on a um, call with Governor Polis, an event with him in in January when it was brought up that Colorado um, is going to be using the Firehawk in the future to provide aggressive attacks against fire. And I'd love to get your input on that. Why why is that important for Colorado to also have uh, access to a Firehawk? Well, this was a great bipartisan effort that the governor led bringing in uh, leaders across the state, both parties uh, and various stakeholders across the state about what is one of Colorado's biggest issues. Clearly, there's a lot, right? But one of the biggest issues we've had the last several years 
is, is fires uh, for a lot of reasons, population growth and, and including in areas that people didn't really used to live before, uh, you know, uh, the climate change and the weather conditions that we've had, the droughts. Uh, Colorado's top three most damaging fires all occurred last year. So clearly we're in at least a phase where things are getting worse and, and the governor and a lot of legislative leaders were like, we need a solution. And as Jeanette said, the Firehawk is the only helicopter that can fly in so many adverse conditions. As she mentioned, the, the, one, of the, 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 one of the reasons the Firehawk is, is uh, the state is considering the Firehawk and is leading towards the, uh, selecting that aircraft is so they can get water on a, on a fire quickly. You know, for instance, some people ask, well, the Colorado National Guard has Blackhawks and they can hook up buckets. And that is a critical capability. They do a wonderful job at it and they still will do that. The challenge sometimes is, is time. And that's even assuming that the guard is, is, is ready, which when they have severe conditions, they will put the guard on standby. But just to Jeanette's point, for instance, with Bambi Bucket, you can't fly over people, you can't fly over roads, you can't fly over development. Uh, and you can't fly very fast with that bucket hanging off the aircraft. So, uh, you know, we still want to use the National Guard and all the other assets Colorado has as, as its disposal. But a Firehawk, at the speeds it can travel, can get anywhere in the state within a few hours with a full tank of water. And if you can get to that fire early before it spreads, that's your best chance of putting it out. Or if, you can't, if the fire does uh, spread, because sometimes the conditions are just going to be so overwhelming, oftentimes the Firehawk can be kind of a precision air support to uh, drop water to defend a crew. We've had unfortunate situations in Colorado and elsewhere where fire crews have been trapped by fires, or you can try to direct the fire around a built-up area. So those are some of the reasons that uh, the governor and other legislative leaders were were uh, intent on getting uh, the Firehawk to address these problems. And I think, Joe, I even heard rumor that there's a co Colorado company involved in the Firehawk. Um, oh, it's even better. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> Good. Yeah, that, that's absolutely right. I mean, the, the, the bonus is that in addition to procuring this asset, because you need the asset, and the governor even said, hey, we were going to, you know, we're looking at getting this no matter, you know, where it's built. Um, but the Army Blackhawks are, are built elsewhere by Sikorsky, but it's the company in Colorado, United Rotorcraft, that's based at Centennial Airport, that turns Blackhawks into Firehawks. So that is uh, an additional benefit and huge point of pride. Uh, for the state uh, to help Firehawks and other, you know, California, Colorado is only the second state to procure a Firehawk. So it's all been California so far. Uh, and I think uh, Colorado is leading the way and it's a Colorado company, United Rotorcraft, that is helping that in partnership with Lockheed Martin and Sikorsky. Joe, uh, tell me when, when will Colorado expect to receive our first Firehawk? Uh, should be mid-fire season 2022. Uh, the state is taking steps to procure some additional assets to help with this fire season. Uh, but unfortunately, these are complex machines and, you know, we don't just have them sitting on the shelf. So it, it is going to be around uh, mid-2022 uh, before Colorado's Firehawk uh, can be delivered. Sounds great. Well, I sure appreciate being with both of you today. Um, Jeanette, so cool to hear about your intense uh, leadership on getting this project developed developed and the fact that you're a pilot and really know your stuff from an engineering aspect is so impressive. So I can't wait to see you flying a Firehawk, uh, delivering it to the governor, or however, however this all works, but really appreciate your time. Is there any other final words you want to share with us, Jeanette, about what you're working on in, in terms of the Firehawk? 
So, you know, we, we actually, as I mentioned, it's a series of continuous improvements. And one of the things that uh, we're working with the Colorado Fire Center is we're looking at predictive fire modeling programs and software and artificial intelligence and how that could become what we call a cognitive mission manager. So the idea is that we can get real-time input into the pilot to help give them better situational awareness. We're also looking at autonomy. That um, Not that we want a firehawk flying out there with no pilots, but the fact that if you, the autonomous technology has sensors in that that can help, like such as LIDAR, that can help detect obstacles that the human eye just can't see and, or can't see at, at a certain distance or at nighttime can't see. So the idea is to take the next generation of, of uh, firefighting and night safe nighttime firefighting operations. So it's we're really excited for the future. We're excited to be working with the Colorado Fire Center. I mean, they are top of its class when it comes to looking at advanced technology and, uh, and the, the possibilities are endless for the program. So um, again, something I'm very passionate about. It makes a difference. It's all about saving lives. And every time I see on the news, when I see the firehawk fighting, fighting fires somewhere, it just absolutely makes my heart beat and makes me feel proud to be part of this and just absolutely thrilled to see it coming to the state of Colorado. Well, and it's no surprise that the team at uh, your team, Jeanette, uh, and Lockheed Martin and Sikorsky, um, you know, have such impressive innovators who are building designs and, and bringing them to market to help people's lives. You, you just said it so well. Um, Joe, I, I want to give you the last word um, on behalf of your work at Lockheed Martin. Where do people um, find more information about the Firehawk? Uh, what, what else can you tell us to kind of wrap up the conversation? Well, thanks, Debbie. So people can just Google uh, Lockheed Martin Sikorsky Firehawk, and you should pull up the helicopter, uh, of course, and our, the Lockheed Martin website has, has links to it. And I just want to say that the, the Firehawk is a, is a new connection uh, that Lockheed Martin and Sikorsky have to Colorado, but certainly it's not the only connection. There are currently over 11,000 employees in Colorado, mostly in the Denver area. Uh, but we also have other facilities around the state and suppliers in all four corners of the state, including Grand Junction and, and Durango. And, and again, the Sikorsky is, a, is an amazing asset that we're frankly looking at how to integrate and are integrating into some of our other assets. Uh, you think about what Lockheed Martin does in Colorado already, and we do a lot of things that people around the world use every day, such as weather satellites, communication satellites, a variety of national defense systems, as well as, of course, exploration uh, spacecraft. And I just have to get in a plug for NASA's Artemis program, which is uh, the program that will send the next man and the first woman back to the moon and thereafter onto Mars. And Lockheed Martin's role uh, is key in the Artemis program with the Orion crew capsule is, is key here in Colorado. So we're, we're very happy to, to add this connection with the Firehawk to Colorado, but it goes back to a long history with Lockheed Martin in the state of Colorado. Yeah, great, great optimistic note to end our time together, Joe. I have to tell you, after a year of doing podcasts talking about COVID-19 and the pandemic. I don't think we talked about it once till I just bring it up at the very end. And it's much more fun to focus on organizations that are working on innovative technologies that really better people's lives like you all are doing. And I just thank you so much for your time. Uh, as you know, with Colorado Business Roundtable, we work to amplify the voice of business unapologetically because we know that businesses aren't brick and mortar. 
they're about people. And today they're all about Firehawks. So that's kind of fun too. But want to thank everyone for joining us today. This has been an event for Colorado Business Roundtable and a conversation with Jeanette and Joe talking about Firehawk helicopters. This has been a presentation of the Colorado Business Roundtable. Be sure to check out all of our episodes on Podcatchers Everywhere at cobrt.com. Our technical producer is John Ekstrom, Deaf Communications. Thank you for listening to Profits and Purpose.